Welcome back to the Encounter Podcast. My name is Deb from Redeem Delay, and I'm here with Danny, Giselle, and Josue. Today, we are continuing our Broken Home series with today's topic, Breaking Chains. And the first question we have is, how do we even know that the past affects us? And I know Giselle had something to say. Hey, guys. Um, so I was actually studying this topic, and I came across the verse, Deuteronomy 5.9. And it says, never worship them or serve them, because I... The Lord your God am a God who does not tolerate rivals. I punish children for their parents' sins to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. So we know that the mistakes of our parents and the mistakes of our grandparents all have an impact on us and can cause us, I guess, like to have or develop chains uh, based on things that we say or do, right? Um, which leads us to the next question. How do we keep our parents' past from affecting us? Right, and and I think uh, if you ask me, in my opinion, I think you can't. I think you can you can't do anything in your power uh, to stop that. To um, to say, hey, I'm not gonna do what my parents do. Um, I actually figured I've actually figured out something in my life that usually the person that teaches you is who you're gonna become. So look at your parents, look at your mom, look at your dad, and that's who you will turn out to be. Um, but the beautiful thing is that in Philippians. I don't know what it was. What was it? Philippians what? It was 13.4. So it's Philippians 13.4. It says, I can do all things through Christ. And that's the beautiful thing. So if your dad, your mom, or somebody that's taking care of you is not somebody you want to become, when we come to Christ and we do things through Christ, then these chains, this past no longer becomes what we what we come out to be. So <clears throat> that's why there's a lot of people that, you know, if they have a drunk dad, they turn out to be drunks or if they have like a, a teen mom, their mom was a teen mom. Now they're being, you know, sexually active when they're 15. So we have to make sure that we, we break that, that thought and we break those, that past. So can we do anything in our power? You know, can I, you know, rub my, you know, my rub my jean three times, uh, three times, knock on wood four times and hope that I don't turn out to be the way my mom is. It's not like that. But if we believe in Christ and this is, why Jesus is most the most beautiful and he's amazing because he will change this. He will change your DNA. Even when we take the Holy Supper, he puts his his DNA, his perfect DNA in us, making us perfect. And of course, we always fail and we always mess up. But yeah, that's what that's what I think. Hey Dan, I was gonna tell you I messed up. It's Philippians four thirteen. Okay. You said it thirteen four. I I apologize. Sorry, but um, okay. I found it so interesting that you were saying that there's nothing we can do in our power to change these things. And you're so right. And also, even if the um, our parents' past don't affect us indirect uh, directly, I'm sorry, they do affect us uh, indirectly. For example, um, a dr a drunk dad. You come home to that. And imagine he's so angry, he hits your mom. You know that those are things that. Um, Trauma. stay with you they cause yeah i think you just know they cause trauma and they affect the way we grow the effect affect the way we are mm -hmm. so even though uh our, we don't have to know like complete details to know our parents past we see what we see affects us and like you were saying the only way to change this is through christ which i think is absolutely amazing and beautiful i think that's why you were you were saying something last time oh, yeah. yeah thank you very much yeah. so in scientific studies there's this thing called a vulnerability model and basically what that is that when parents do something, it, it doesn't just stop there. It gets embedded in their genes, in their blood. 
and all it needs is that the environment to be in a perfect condition for this case, let's say an alcoholic. That alcohol alcoholism is in their blood. All they need to do is see someone, try it, and then they're hooked. And that's why, Danny, like you said yourself, that's why we need Christ because God can go beyond the natural. He's supernatural. So we have grace. We have hope in him. You know, you know what I, you know what I find it so crazy? Somebody yesterday was telling me a story and they were saying, oh, you know, this girl, um, you know, she had a rough childhood and, you know, her dad used to beat up her mom. Right. It was a book that they were telling me about. And they were saying, um, you know, this, this and that. And then she was saying, oh, she grew up and then she met a guy and, you know, she fell in love. And the first thing that I told her was, let me guess, she hit, he hit her. He was like, how did you know? And I was like, because sooner or later, whatever you see at home is what's going to turn out to your life. You know what I mean? And these shackles in this prison is what's going to follow you all your life. And it's crazy because in Acts 16.25, we see that Paul and Silas are in a, are in a, a jail cell. And it says in Acts 16.25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And then the prisoners were listening to them. And then look what happened to the, to, to the jail. And it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the funda foundations of the prison were shaking. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bonds were unfastened. So the question was, how how can we uh, you know how can we not do what our parents do? What was the question again? You know, how can how, we keep our parents' past from affecting yeah, how, us? Yeah. So how can we keep that past affecting us? We we can't. But the only way we get to be set free from this is if we're praying and singing to God. You see, there's gonna be a huge earthquake. There's gonna be a huge quake in your life. Found that's gonna shake your foundations. I always found it so weird. That the Bible said foundations. Why did it say foundations? Why can't it be just an earthquake? But it says foundations because that's what God shakes up. That's what Jesus shakes up. When they said, oh, having sex is normal. And then Jesus goes, no, abstinence is the way. Whoa. Yeah. That's, not, that's, not, that's not what my mom taught me. That's not what my dad taught me. Oh, uh, I, uh, drinking is bad. Or, you know, things like that. It shakes your foundations. And when it shakes your foundations, then it sets you free completely. And actually, to add to that, Danny, um, the Bible says, or based on what you're saying about Jesus shaking our foundations, the reason it has to shake our foundations is because our foundation shouldn't be on what the world is telling us. Our foundation has to be on Jesus. So if we keep the same foundation that we had before our salvation, then we are the same person we were before. And Jesus, what Jesus is supposed to come and do is come and make you a new person. And that can't happen unless you are completely remodeled unless your foundation completely changes which i think is beautiful yeah I, I, and i i agree so we we have to understand that that that's that's the way we get free we got to we got to trust the lord we got to sing to god and we have to understand that look by ourselves with only danny you know danny and i see my dad and even if my dad is like an apostle or a pastor they still have certain traits that you don't want in your life you see what i'm saying like and that's what i always tell god i ask god just make me the best version of my father <laughs> you know what i mean because <laughs> yeah. I, I i that's the that's 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 what i that's what i want to reach and when i get a little bit you know greedy and i god tells me to ask him for whatever i want i ask him god let me be like you the, the best version that i can get to you lovable lovable loving you know what I mean? So we have to understand that that's 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 important, and we have to understand that not everything that our society tells us is important. I think you had something to say about like a society or a case study. Yeah. So um, 
the point I'm going to try to make is that sometimes the change that are affecting us or the things that are affecting us don't necessarily seem like a bad thing to our friends and to our family, right? And though the way I'm going to explain this is through a case study that I was reading um, recently. And it's actually about um, in this society, girls at the age of like 13 or 14 years old were expected to get pregnant. So their moms at that, when they're nearing that age, they'd be like, hey, honey, like, it's almost time. Like, it's time to get pregnant. It's time to have a baby. Like, come on, like, you're 13, 14 years old. And don't think that this is something that's, like, in a third world country. No, this case study was conducted here in the United States uh, within the last 10 years. (laughs) So it's not, like, something that happened way, way long ago. This is something that's still going on right now. And... um. So the moms at this age would be like, hey, like, it's time for you to have a baby. Like, I want to be a grandmother. But what was interesting is that when the daughter was like 14 years old or whatever, and she had her child, she wouldn't mother the child. She'd give the child to her mother, which is the the baby's grandmother, for the grandmother to raise it. And then when the, the daughter... Um, when the grandchild turned around 13 or 14 years old, the daughter would, or the mom of the, <laughs> that's so confusing. The mom of the baby would say, hey, it's time for you to have a baby because I want to be a grandmother and I want to go through the becoming a, a mother now that I'm th- in my 30s now. So and the so, whole point was for them to take each other, for, uh, for care them of to each raise other's each babies. Other's babies. Yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> and, but crazy, this is expected. Man. Like, this is a chain that's, it's an obvious chain, but in their perspective, in their mind, it was normal and it was, it was something that's that was expected of them, which is the same thing now. Like, maybe we don't have, like, some sort of overt, ch- obvious chain like alcoholism or something like that, but it could be a, a different chain that, that also affects us, like maybe lying or maybe, like, um, I don't know, being players or uh, there's so many different things that, that are not as obvious but can still be um, affecting us right now. And, and I agree. And honestly, that is so crazy that you say that because in the Latino culture, I feel like the minute you turn like 20, 21, our parents like push us to get married. Where the kids at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like my mom always tells me, you know, when are you going to get married? And my family always says, when are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? And I always say, I'm like, I don't understand what the rush is. You know what I mean? Like, like relax, you know. Like when the time comes, it comes. And 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 I, when I want to make a decision, I think we should. What the, me and the person that, that are together, I feel like we should have the decision to be like, okay, today's the day. Right yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I don't believe in the whole. Oh, I'm gonna take a year. I believe like, dude, if I want to get married next month, Ooh, you're all invited. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so I I believe that we have to understand that we're not we're not we're no longer under this this world's influences. And standards. So when we come to Christ, we go to a brand new standards and we go to a brand new way of life and a brand new um, foundation. Damn, thank you, thank you. Sorry. And yeah, and I believe, I, I believe, I believe that with Christ we can, we can, we can obtain anything we want, and we have our set, and we set, we have, we set our minds to. Um, what was the second question that we have? Go ahead. Yeah. So the second question is, um, how do we open dialogue with our parents so that they can tell you about situations you might confront? Look, that's that's a tough one. I. And once again, this is all my opinion. I'm trying to answer as as much as I can based on the Bible. It's kind of hard, right? I mean, 
I'm not telling you, you know, turn 14 years old and go to your mom. Hey, mom, I heard um, I was in an accident. I feel like, you know what I mean? I feel like that's that's way too crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like, but if you turn 18, 19, and you're telling your dad, hey, dad, actually, there's this girl that I really, really like, and I'm alone with her way too long, and we kiss, and, you know, it's getting hot and heavy real fast, <laughs> then he might be like, yo, you know what? Don't make the same mistake as I have. Yeah. You know? Be careful. That's exactly what happened to me and your mom. Even though you're a blessing, <laughs> you, which, which uh, yeah, the kids are blessings, be careful. Don't land in the same. And then I feel like it kind of like triggers like a little like um, like a switch. And have you guys seen those uh, those TikTok? Uh, like, oh, let me know when, the, when something hit the switch on you. And they say some crazy stories. And I feel like that's what it is. We have to. We have to hit the switch, but with with the help of our parents, of course, right? We have to we have to understand that not everything they've done they're proud of. So we have to also not like you know, shove it out of them either. Oh, tell me what happened here, or my uncle told me you cheated on my mom. Relax. There's some things in life that are meant to stay there, and there's a reason why they don't tell you. Yes, also go ahead. Nice. So we have to also remember it's a commandment to honor our fathers and mothers. So even if we so if we talk to our parents, we have to do it in a non judgmental condemning way that way they can be more open and you know be more comfortable but at the same time that's a command from god so that's the boundary there we can ask we have to never forget that respect and honor we have to give them yeah and go ahead go ahead i was go gonna ahead. say danny that also it, it comes with our maturity you know like if exactly. we're 10 year olds asking our parents how they send they're not really gonna be like oh yeah i get this when i was like 11 years old i smoked weed because as a 10 year old you're gonna be thinking oh then it's totally okay if when I'm 11, I smoke weed, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we have to understand that um, the things our parents tell us comes with the maturity level. And then there's right. people who don't even have parents, people who don't even know where it's coming from. But that's why we have the best father of all, Jesus, Jesus, who reveals yeah. things through the spirit, which is why it's very important that we go into ministración. And uh, I don't know how you would say that counseling at here at church. Oh, yeah. Last time we said this, right? ministerial administration yeah i don't know but guys the point is that you go and you seek someone with a higher hierarchy in church and that they will help you through these things and somehow the the holy spirit always reveals what Amen. needs to be revealed um because it's not always necessary that man do this you know that's why our god is an extraordinary god a god of impossibles knowledge doesn't always have to be there it, it will happen because god wants it and if he's going to give you freedom, he's not going to give it to you like the word ge world gives it to you, just half. No, he's going to give you full freedom. And that's beautiful. And also, and, you know, to flip the coin, because there's two sides of this. If you're a parent and you're hearing this, also don't keep everything from your children. See their maturity level and open up and say, hey, listen, I see you have a girlfriend. She's pretty. Just be careful. You know, you know where I see this. I see this in, in in Genesis, in the first in the first few chapters of Genesis. What happened to Eve and and Adam? They sinned. They got taken out of their of of um what is it called Eden, the goat which was which is the garden. And what I find immensely crazy is that their two kids that were born right after that, who were supposed to be a blessing, were a complete show. They were a complete. Horror, like there, it was a horror story of a brother killing another brother, and I always see, I always say, why, God, why is it that, why is it that they, 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 they occurred to this? Why is it that Cain wanted to kill Abel right after, right after coming out of heaven, after coming out of, you know, the best thing, 
And I'm 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 guessing this is only a guess. This is Danny chapter three verse three. This is <laughs> this is not the Bible, but I'm guessing that Adam and Eve didn't talk about it. Adam and Eve said, "Hey, you just live your life, and I'm gonna tell you how you live your life. You guys are kids. This is what's gonna happen." But they didn't say any of those any of two things. They didn't say how to speak to God. Number one, because Cain was rude to God when God spoke to him, and number two. They didn't say who caused the division. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So in in Eden, in Eden, in the garden, it was it was a serpent. In our Eden, in our in our garden, is our heart because our heart is a serpent, is deceitful, and it's always trying to divide. It's trying to say, oh, what about me, 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 me? But with God, we're trying to say, what about we, 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 we? So yeah, go ahead. Actually, I wanted to talk about some another study that I read um, that I find relatable because. You're talking about how our parents' decisions affect us, right? Yes. Um, well, in this study, they proved that events that occur in our parents, uh, I guess, lives affect our DNA, right? So mm -hmm. in this study that I read, uh, it was based off of, I, I believe it was the po Irish potato famine. Um, what they found is that babies that were conceived or uh, mo mothers that were pregnant during this famine their DNA was changed because the mom was going through starvation. So when the baby was born and when the baby grew up, um, they found that the baby was more likely to be, um, the baby was more likely to suffer from obesity, more likely to suffer from heart disease, more likely to suffer from um, diabetes, more likely to suffer from all these um, diseases because of the fact that the mom went through the famine. The baby was in the stomach, but because of that, its DNA was changed in the womb. Wow. So when our when we think about it the other way, things that our parents do, maybe we don't see it, but it causes changes in our DNA. And when we're born, we have it already in us. And what was more astounding and like mind-boggling to me was that the fact that they found that these changes that were made in the DNA, guess how long they lasted? To the third and fourth generation. Wow. So I was like, oh my God, like this is so intense because literally the studies that they're coming out with now basically are say, were said in the Bible thousands and thousands of years ago and they never believe it. But I mean, honestly, I just thought that was mind boggling. And Giselle, applying this to now our Christian life, what happens when we come to Christ? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, a new creation they have become. Mm -hmm. And that's literally what's happening, what you're saying. The DNA is being completely changed because in Christ, we take our Father's DNA, which is Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Which is beautiful. So applying it now, yeah, that's the world, but now we apply it here and it's mind-boggling. You, you know what? I find it even, even crazier that we come to Christ we become a new creature. We we become a new person, and we still think that whatever our parents have done still has to say over us. You know, you know, ones that were the only place that um, Jesus couldn't make any miracles in his hometown because they didn't believe in him. So now that you're saying all this, and I'm and I'm like kind of understanding all this and saying this is like when we come to Christ, I feel like we should go full blown. Just go ahead and believe him. So. If your mom was a you know cheater, if your dad was a drunk, if your mom, they're no longer your parents. Like understand me with, <laughs> right with 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 circumcised ears, right? Not like oh mom dad, I'm gonna move out tomorrow. No, relax. <laughs> no, relax. Man. You know what I mean? But they, you can say, listen, they are my parents. I will honor them, 
but they're no longer, their DNA no longer runs in me, but Jesus Christ's DNA runs in me. And you know, Danny, the problem with that is that when we come to Christ, we spend so long thinking we can do it ourselves because we don't have the faith. We don't have the, the conviction that he truly has changed us. Right. So that's why it takes us so long to get to this point that you're saying this point where we're just all in because we believe that we can still rely on ourselves. But we could be like the people that Jesus told your your faith has healed you just by believing you are healed. You know, you know, it's, you know, it's crazy that that God shows a lot of a lot of ways to show this. For example, when Moses was walking and he was taking a, taking care of um, his uh, what is this? What is his? uh Stepdad's no grandfather's no hold on, yeah father-in-law's. I was gonna say Jethro, but but yeah, it should be father-in-law, right? Uh, father-in-law sheep. He goes and look, looks for one, right? And he stops and he sees that there's a burning bush, and the Bible says that he stops and says, "Oh, I'm gonna go and check this out because it's so amazing that the bush is not burning." And when you notice the bush that's burning, is a useless bush. If you look at its root, it means useless. It means it has no use. And if you notice, who's using it? God. Wow. That's <laughs> so wow. the fact that's that the fact that God decided to use the most useless bush, the dry bush, the thorn bush, the, the bush that that had no meaning whatsoever, he put his spirit there. And when Moses came in there, what did Moses say? God, I, I am I'm not, I'm not able to do this. He says, Yes, I am. And he also he, was useless. Yeah, and he was almost looking at the bush saying, if I'm using the bush, which is useless, how can I not use you? And wow. he's saying, and he's saying, God, 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 no, 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 God, I, I, I can't be it. And he gets, he tells him two or three times, and he gets so mad. He goes, even if you're saying this, I will still use you, but now I'll use Aaron. You will tell Aaron what to do, but I will still make something useless out of useful. And I want you guys to know that that's how it is. The bush is us. We are useless without Christ, but in Christ we become the burning bush. And we're hot and we're red heat and heat with love for God. That Danny, literally, you just blew my mind. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, that's literally how we come to Christ. And when we look for this counseling, we are literally a dry bush counseled. And God, what he does is he throws fire and he says, oh, you want it? You have it. And that's what the Bible says. I believe it's Matthew 7. Uh, Knock and you shall and I shall answer. Ask, ask, ask and I shall answer. Receive. Or you shall receive. Sorry, guys, my paraphrasing. I don't have it up right here. But <laughs> but yeah, it, it's beautiful, right? And that's what God says. You want to be free? Come. You feel like you're useless? Perfect. I'll make, if you're a cup of dishonor, I'll make you a cup of honor. And ah, uh, well, literally, I just feel like 8% more in love with Christ after you said that. And, like, amazing. And if you notice from there on, he doesn't, he, Moses doesn't, doesn't ever, ever question God anymore. Yeah. Does he, does he get mad? Does he make mistakes? Yes. But he never says, God, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, imagine opening the Red Sea and then being like, oh, do you think you can do this? No. <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm even funnier and crazier? I bet you that the Red Sea and everything kind of like became one of him. Imagine him like 50 years later saying, I can't talk, but my brother Aaron can, has to talk for me. I can't really say what I have to say because I second guess God in that moment. That's crazy. Dang. Because he said, that God says, when you need to talk to the people, you won't talk. Your brother will. So, so as I'm saying, be careful, we do. Like, you know, um, was he worried about his Egyptian Egyptian parents? Was he worried about his past? He was. He said, oh "God, how can I go back? How can I go back if I was Egyptian? How can I go back if I killed somebody? 
God, I'm not the most eloquent of men. I, I wish I could pull out the, the thing, but I was studying it and I was noticing, I was like, he never second guessed God. No, and God goes, hey, come to the mountain for a week. He didn't say, oh God, but what are we going to eat? He just said, I'll be there. He already knew. He, that's what I'm saying. That's the faith that we need. The minute we come blind to faith. Christ, it's blind faith. So he can actually make uh, make somebody uh, uh, new in, in you. Yeah, Danny, I was going to say also, like, that essentially happens to all of us. Because we're part of this world, we have these, like, behind the back of our head. And even sometimes in the front, right? We're always remembering the, the standards of the world. And so when that comes up in situations especially spiritual we're always like second guessing it because that is a part of this world and sadly we we live in it you know yeah um so that is always going to end up coming up but that's when our faith starts to build because of all the doubt that we have and god keeps surprising us all the time yeah i i agree i agree so so the question was you know how do you open dialogue by just letting them i think letting them open dialogue about their past and when they do don't don't hit the red button and say defcon 4 yeah. no you going crazy oh my god there's nothing else we can do no i'm giving we're giving you the answer the answer is jesus christ dan i was going to say more importantly how do you open dialogue about the change that you have so that when your kids come up you don't have these chains over them so stop worrying about other people uh what does the bible say no don't look at the the um, the twig in your splinter the splinter in your brother's eyes when you have a log in yours so instead of thinking about oh what have my parents done think about the things that you're doing think about your chains and expose them as soon as possible open up but guys i just want to make sure that this is very clear don't open up to your bffs don't open up to just some random person that you find honorable at church no there are people there's a department that is literally they've been perfected in this yeah they're specialized in this um and go and do that expose your soul and i promise you that the reward is unlike anything that i have ever experienced let's move on with the with the third question perfect uh the next one would be what if talking with our parents is out of the question but i feel like we did answer that a little bit yeah. um what happens if we see a chain that is manifesting in our life right now i feel like we also answered that too what happens is come to christ if you're not christian come to christ number one if you are christian have complete faith of, of, of in God, right? If you don't understand what I'm saying, Exodus chapter 3, read the burning bush. We are the bush. We are the useless bush, and God is a fire inside of us, which is going to use us. And the last one is, at what point do we need to get help from a spiritual leader? Yes, go ahead. Though. And I was going to say that um, I, I think that this one's really funny because usually we wait until we're drowning. Um, but if you have a fire, do you think it's easier to put it out when it just started or after it's been burning for three mm. hours? <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that the second something in your life comes up, even if it's useless or you think it's pointless or, oh, I can get through this by myself, I say expose yourself. I think that there's like, yes, it's embarrassing and um, it's not always fun to expose yourself. But it's I think Jesus sees that. Like I think Jesus sees that you're willing to humble yourself so he exalts you. Because those who humble themselves before him get exalted. So I think that the second it starts to become something that you think about more than once, or actually if you just thought about it once and you know that it does not please God, expose yourself. Show yourself as you are. Go ahead, yourself. Sorry. I was actually talking to uh, your mom about this, and she gave me a, a great example. She said, um, it's like when you have a, a garment of clothes, right? If you get dirt on it, like normal wear and tear, you're not going to go take it to go get dry cleaned, right? But if you drop wine on it or you drop something that's like super going to stain it, 
you're going to take it to who? To the people that specialize in it. So if you have an event or something going on in your life that you, it's out of your ability control. to handle, you can't control it. Then that's the perfect, that's the moment when you need to go seek help because when you understand that you can't handle it, then God will put the right people who can handle it or can help you get through it in your life. I guess like the dangerous part there would be like feeling self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. Like I can by myself. But yeah, I agree. If you have the maturity to dis decipher when you can and you can't, by all means. I agree. And honestly, what I was going to tell you is like, you know, when is the time to come to a spiritual leader? I feel like the minute it happens, if I think that's what you guys are trying to say, right? The minute it happens, I feel always, I always tell my mom, mom, when, when is the time to get healed? And she says, the minute the first cut happens, right? Don't wait until your cut is nasty, infected. No, you've tried to cover up with a, you know, Elmer's glue. And then you put your shirt over it. And then you're saying, oh, you know, I can't breathe right. Well, because you have an infected thing. If you open it, clean it every single day. If you clean it every single week. If you clean it just like your mom tells you to do, it'll go away as soon as possible. I was going to say just that that cleaning process. Sorry. The cleaning process hurts, which is what the people are afraid of, right? I mean, everyone is. I know, like, if you put alcohol on a cut, we all cry. Right. <laughs> all right? And it, it burns, right? I mean, and in all reality, when we get corrected, when we find out the truth, it hurts. It hurts us to know it, and it hurts us to keep hearing it that mm. we're in the wrong. Again, because we live in this world. Yeah. no, And I agree. And, and that's that's the whole thing. For, but for example... um. I'll never forget. I'll tell you guys a quick story about me. Uh, I was in Mexico. I was living when I was there when I was like, what, like probably like six, seven. And I got a, I got a bite on my leg. On my left thigh, I got a, a spider bite. So my mom thought she was a doctor. And she would just kind of take out the pus and clean it. And that's it. But as the day went by, I started seeing that <laughs> the pimple was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we went to the hospital. And the hospital said, hey. You need to take this uh, this medicine. So I started taking it. And the thing on my leg was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Until I was like, okay, dude. Literally, I'm either going to lose my leg and die of a little baby spider <laughs> bite. Or, you know what I mean? So, so like, long, long, long story short, my mom popped it once more. And she, like, just digged in really, really big. And it was just nasty and everything. Until this day, I'm 28 now. I still have a hole in my leg. Like, it's, you can still feel it. And I was thinking, I was telling my mom, what do you think that happened? And she was like, look, I'll be honest. When I was popping them the first times, I was just, I just thought it was something simple. Mm. But when I did it and I saw that your heart was, your leg was hurting and it was getting bigger and bigger. Like I took my time. I opened your wound, cleaned it, and then started every, an everyday process. So that was like, oh, makes sense. Now apply that to your spiritual life. Open it, expose it, clean it out, and start an everyday process. I was going to say that I love I love what you're and Sam are saying because you're right. Uh, freedom comes with a price. And I, we see this in Matthew 8. Um, I believe it starts on 27. Yeah. When uh, he goes to Gadarene and he, he sees the men who have uh, demons inside of them. And when the demons say like, hey, um, if you're going to force us out, at least put us into the herd of pigs. And then he does. He uh, Jesus puts the herd, the demons into the pigs, and the pigs like rush down the cliff and they died, right? And then when the people, all of the people of Gadarene, found out that this happened, they didn't say, "Oh Jesus, I'm next." They said, "No, no, no, like please leave, Jesus, please leave." Why? Because losing that many pigs was too big of a price for them to pay. 
they didn't think that God was faithful enough to find them more sustained. You know, uh, I'm guessing that they would eat from the pigs, right? Mm. They would benefit from these pigs, but they weren't willing to lose them in order to gain their freedom. So when Jesus, when the other guy came to tell them all what they did, they didn't say they didn't welcome him. They said, "Mm -mm, the price is too high. Please go. And that's what we have to be able to know that when we go in to break our chains, the price is high. You're going to lose what you love because sin is like that. You learn to love your sin. But the love of Christ is above all things and he can make you free. And he is faithful to provide better, much, much better than the world could ever cut. Yeah. And guys, uh, we're reaching around 32 minutes. So, um, guys, thanks again for uh, tuning into the, the our podcast, which is The Encounter. And I was going to tell you guys to follow us on our Instagram follows on our facebook i don't think we have one but you know just in case people <laughs> need it uh, uh also um look for us endlessly look yeah look for us uh, it's called redeem la honestly we're a bunch of kids just trying to t- talk about god and we're trying to speak uh god's power and jesus what jesus has done in my life and in our life and that's what i want to do so god bless you guys take care i'll see you guys next wednesday see you later <laughs>